If you'd like to spend some time with real people with a real heart for God, we welcome you to visit us at Harvest Church in Alexandria, Virginia. Our Sunday morning services are held at 1030, and our Family Night Fellowship takes place on Wednesday at 7 p.m. Come experience God's awesome, life-changing power as we worship in His presence, fellowship with one another, commit to discipleship, and share God's love through evangelism. For more information or directions, visit HarvestNova.com. That's HarvestNova.com. I want to share with you today from uh, familiar scripture, a couple of verses in Proverbs chapter 3. Verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Do we have that up? Matter of fact, I want to read that again. I want you to read it with me, okay? There's a blessing in reading the word of God, amen? So let's read it together. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Praise God for his word. We're familiar with the words, in God we trust. Those four words appeared on the two-cent piece in 1864 when at the height of the Civil War, a strong Christian movement was made to recognize our nation's trust in Almighty God. Although the words, in God we trust, were minted on a number of coins after that, it wasn't until July 11, 1955, that President Dwight Eisenhower signed Public Law 140, making it mandatory that all U.S. coinage and currency display the motto, In God We Trust. And that short but simple motto reminds us that our trust is not in man, nor is our trust in any government or financial institution. Our trust today is in Almighty God. But for those of us who are Christians, those words, In God We Trust, are much more than a motto. Amen? They are a way of life for us. The title of my message today is Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. We're familiar with that concept. We sang about it this morning about trusting in the Lord. But trust can be hard sometimes. Can we just be honest? When you're going through difficult times, five decades of opinion polling has revealed a startling trend in American society. Maybe it's not that startling. It's that most people do not trust others as much as they once did. You can believe that, can't you? Polls have revealed a constant slide in the level of trust since the 1960s. When asked whether most people can be trusted, 53% of Americans agreed in 1964. The number was down to 49% in 1971, 44% in 1980, 39% in 1991, and down to 35% in 2002. Tom Smith, the director of the General Social Survey at the University of Chicago's National Opinion Research Center, that's a mouthful, he says we're we're talking a 20 percentage point drop and the majority of Americans have switched positions from optimistic to pessimistic. A 2016 poll revealed that less than a third of all Americans feel like they can trust the people around them. Now millennials believe other people can be trusted at an even smaller rate than the general population. Get this, for millennials, they believe that only 19% of other people, only 19% of them believe that other people can be trusted. That's, a, that's an indictment on us. 
the older generations, that uh, our, our, our society at large has uh, uh, bred such pessimism in a younger generation. According to David Brooks in the New York Times, there is a rising culture of paranoia and conspiracy mongering and a surge of unmerited cynicism among all ages. It's become really hard to trust, and we understand that because so many times our trust has proven unfounded. But in the midst of all of that pessimism and gloom comes the unchanging message of God's word. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. When there is no one, when there is nothing, when, when uh, our trust isn't uh, merited for anyone or anything, we can still trust in the Lord today. How many have found that to be true? Amen. Well, this morning, from these uh, few verses, I want to answer the question, what is involved in trusting the Lord? What is involved in trusting the Lord? The first uh, thing we need to see here is that we must trust in Him entirely. We must trust in him entirely. The psalmist here, uh, the, excuse me, the writer of Proverbs here says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. It's not really trust if you trust halfway, is it? You know, uh, when, when dealing with the Soviets, President Ronald Reagan had a saying in, in, in terms of negotiations about atomic weapons. Remember? Trust but verify. <laughs> We trust, but not completely. But with God, uh, we can trust him with all of our hearts. Psalm, and this is, a, this is a theme throughout the word of God. Psalm 9.9 says, Those who know your name, meaning God's name, those who know your name will trust in you, for you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. Psalm 91, verses 1 and 2, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Hallelujah. Let the word of God get into your spirit this morning. Isaiah 12, 2, Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. Isaiah 26, 3 and 4, You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever. For the Lord, the Lord is the rock eternal. Trust in him entirely. Trust in him with your whole heart. Lord, I trust you with my whole heart. I trust in you completely. Hard to do sometimes. Because we say we want to trust in the Lord and we receive the word of the Lord and we believe the word of the Lord. Have you ever heard the Lord drop a promise into your heart, drop a word into your heart? And then what happens? Things happen. Circumstances happen. Sickness happens. Financial setbacks happen. Relationship uh, problems occur and, and, and other difficulties, problems at work. And, and what happens? Things uh, take place and... We get our eyes on the circumstances, don't we? And it's hard to trust the Lord entirely with our whole heart. But we need to trust him because he's faithful. I heard a story about a, a, a police officer in the United Kingdom. He said one of his evidence notebooks that they, that they, they write down the crucial evidence for cases went missing. 
And he said, I started to panic because any evidence you give in court as a, as a police officer, uh, you have to be ready to produce the notes to back it up. He said, the voice of God prompted me to look in the waste bin. And he said, I found it. And one of my colleagues, it turns out, who was anti-Christian, had thrown it there. And he was surprised when I found it. The Lord let me right to it, led me right to it. But then he said, uh, another, um, it, it happened to me again. My notebook went missing. And he said, I was you know, fearful that a time would come when I would need those notes. And he said, the word of the Lord came to him this time. First time the Lord told him where it was. Second time the Lord said, just this, trust me. Trust me. And so he said he would. And then 18 months later, he was called to give evidence in court for the case that had the notes in his missing notebook. And he asked church members to pray. He went off to court fearing the worst. And when he got there, he was informed that his testimony wasn't needed because the case was dismissed on a technicality. And he said... God simply told me to trust him. And it was hard to do, but I did. And he was faithful. That's the level of trust we need to have in God. You see? Because if all my circumstances are rosy and everything looks good, then uh, my, my faith in God, my trust in God isn't really being tested, is it? Right? Right? It's easy to trust in God when we have our health, when our finances are good, when there are no major problems to speak of, when everything's going well. That's, that's when trust is easy, isn't it? But it's when the circumstances look bad, when things are difficult, when everything seems to be going wrong, and the still small voice of God comes to us and says, trust me, that it becomes more difficult. But church, I'm here to tell you, we need to have that level of trust in Almighty God. We need to trust in Him entirely. He's either faithful or He isn't. He's either trustworthy or He isn't. Come on. He's either 100% uh, trustworthy and faithful or he is 0% trustworthy and faithful. Would you trust your refrigerator if it works 75% of the time? Would you, would you eat stuff out of that refrigerator that's been there a while? Well, you know, it works more than half the time. No, you wouldn't. And you couldn't trust a God who works 75% of the time or 99% of the time. But he's faithful 100% of the time, amen? And we need to trust him. What are you going through right now? What do your circumstances look like? How difficult do things seem? Are you trusting in God entirely with your whole heart? Trust in him. He's faithful. Doesn't matter how things look. God is faithful, amen? Thank you for that underwhelming response. We need to trust in him entirely with our whole heart. Secondly, we need to trust in him exclusively. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Okay, now Pastor Tim, this is get, this getting a little messy now. The word lean here in the original Hebrew uh, means to support oneself, resting your weight against something to give it support. Resting on something, leaning your weight on it. 
And the Hebrew word for understanding means comprehension, discernment, right action. So the writer here is saying, trust in God entirely and don't support yourself. Don't lean your weight on your own understanding, on your own viewpoint, on your own perspective. And that's hard, isn't it? Because we see what we see. You can't unsee something. Okay? I have, I have, I have, and, I, and I'm not boasting, but I have a pretty good eye for something that is, you know, a picture or something on a wall that's a little crooked or something that's a little off-center. Without, you know, I, I, I drive my wife crazy, okay? And what, what I say to her it, or, or, or even like a graphic if we're putting something together. I'm like, oh, that needs to go just a hair to the right, you know. And, and, but what I say is once I see it, I can't unsee it, you know. And, and you may have things like that. Once you see it, you can't unsee it, you know. You, you, you buy from the, something from the store, you unwrap it out of the shrink wrap, and it's got a little imperfection on it. And if you're a perfectionist, it'll drive you nuts. Why? Because you've seen it. You can't unsee it, right? And so we see things, we see problems, we see difficulties, we see mountains in front of us. We can't unsee it. And I get that. But we need to see with our spiritual eyes. We need to say, Lord, I'm, I'm seeing one thing, but I'm hearing another thing from you. What are we going to choose to believe? What our senses tell us? Or what the Word of God tells us. And that's a, real, that's a real dichotomy. That's a real choice because they will often be opposite. Right? What I see, what I perceive with my human senses and what the voice of God tells me. You know, when God told the, the, the Israeli arm, armies under Jehoshaphat, the five nations were attacking them, God said, go send your, uh, your choir out at the front, uh, front of the army and go lead them, in, uh, let the choir lead everyone into battle. Uh, that's not in the, you know, art of war textbook. You see, our eyes tell us that's suicide. But God said, do it. And they trusted in him and they won a great victory. Proverbs 3, 7 says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Proverbs 28, 26. Listen to this. This, is, this. this borders on harsh. He who trusts in himself is a fool. <laughs> Say ouch or something. He who trusts in himself is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom is kept safe. 2 Corinthians 3, 5 it uh, says, not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. Someone said, leaning on our own understanding is like driving to a destination in a strange city without GPS, without a map, without written directions, and without someone to tell us where to go. Do you remember the days before GPS? We were talking about that the other night, and you had the big old atlas and the big old map. And you go, oh, my map's in my other car, no GPS, nobody to tell. And you ask for directions, and that's fun, right? <laughs> ask five different people, you'll get five different sets of directions. 
You don't know where you're going. That's how it is when we trust in ourselves. Because why is that? Our perspective is limited, right? We can't see the future. We think we can. Weathermen certainly think they can, right? Uh, we, we think we can We can't. We don't know what's around the bend. We don't know what's coming. We, 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 we see the layout as far as we can see. We think this is the path to go in. But our, our, our perspective can be skewed. It can be limited. Trust in the Lord exclusively. Lean not on your own understanding. A good biblical example of this is seen in Joshua 7 when Joshua and his men decided to invade a little town called Ai, spelled A-I. Uh, they had been making conquests of, uh, of the, the peoples that were uh, inhabiting the promised land and they came to this little town and they said, we, we just need a handful of people. And they had just defeated Jericho, for goodness sake that huge walled city. So they sent just a small contingent to take this little town and they got routed. And many of their men lost their lives because there had been sin in the camp that took place during the conquest of Jericho. And, and they, in their own eyes, they said, let's just go up and send a small contingent and they were defeated. And, 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 and that wasn't rectified until they dealt with the sin. Don't rely upon your own understanding. It's limited. It's defective. It's skewed. God is our source of information. God is the one we trust in. Lean on him. Lean on his word. Trust in him. Don't trust in yourself. Thirdly, uh, What's involved in trusting him is that we must trust him extensively. In all your ways, acknowledge him. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Now, here in this part of the verse, uh, the, the two words, ways and paths, are correctly translated as plural. He's not saying here in the general pathway of your life, trust in him. That's true enough. But he is saying in, the each, in each individual step, in each area, in each uh, uh, instance of your life, trust in him. Acknowledge the Lord in every step, in every decision, in every direction. What does it mean to acknowledge him? The Hebrew word means to experience relationally. It emphasizes the knowledge one has because of an intimate experience. It's the same word used for marital intimacy in Scripture. So uh, instead of uh, uh, just kind of going certain direction in certain areas of our lives, it says in all our ways, in every area of life, in every decision, in every choice, acknowledge Him. What does it mean to acknowledge Him? Well, three things. First of all, we acknowledge His existence. We acknowledge that God's there. Well, Pastor Tam, God knows that I know He's there. Yeah, we know intellectually he's there. But in our individual circumstance, do we know he's here? Understand? Of course we know. We're not atheists. We know God's there. Yeah, but as I contemplate this course of action, he's here. 
I acknowledge that he's here. He is in the midst of this decision. Hebrews eleven six. without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So uh, to acknowledge God means first of all to acknowledge his existence. Secondly, we acknowledge his presence. We must acknowledge he's with us wherever we go and never leaves nor forsakes us. Joshua 1, 9, uh, the Lord says, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Isaiah 41.10, do not fear, for I am with you. We acknowledge his existence, we acknowledge his presence, and thirdly, we acknowledge his lordship. And every step that we take in our daily walk, our Lord is not simply to help us along the way, he is there to direct us along the way. How many know we get into a lot of difficulty when we fail to listen to the voice of God. We fail to do what he tells us to do. Because we do what's right in our own eyes. We follow our own agenda. Proverbs 16, 9, In his heart a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. He knows the way we need to go, doesn't he? Why is that? Oh, just the simple matter that he's our creator. Heard a story about years and years ago, an old Model T Ford was pulled off to the side of the road with its hood up. A young man was trying desperately to get it running. He'd been working at it for a long time without any success when a beautiful chauffeur-driven limousine stopped behind him. A well-dressed man got out. He watched the young man working for a while, and finally he suggested that he make a minor adjustment in one part. The young man was skeptical. What does this guy know about cars? He's you know, driven around by a chauffeur. But nothing else worked, so he said, I'll try it. So he tried it. Now, said the well-dressed man, your car will run. Crank it up. So the young man cranked it once, and sure enough, the engine started running as if it was brand new. The young man was amazed that this kind of man knew so much about cars, so he asked him, he said, how did you know exactly what to do? Well, the other man said, my name is Henry Ford. I made the car so I know all about how it works. I guess so. Let me tell you, our God is our creator. He's the one who made us. He's the one who fashioned us. He's the one who gave us our personality. He's the one who gave us our abilities. He's the one who gave us everything we have. He's the one who set the course for our lives. My, one of my favorite scriptures is uh, Psalm uh, 139 says, Every one of the day, my days was ordained by you, O God, before one of them came to be. Hallelujah. He has set forth a path for your life. He has a design for your life, and he knows how it should go. And every area of our lives. No area is too small. No area is too big for God to know how it should go. And you may be trusting in God and his ways for 99% of the decisions you make, but there's that 1% you're reserving for yourself. The Bible says in all your ways, acknowledge him. And, and boy, that's a good way to pray when you get up in the morning. Lord, help me to acknowledge you in all my ways today and all the things I say, all the decisions I make, all the things I do. Help me to acknowledge you in all my ways. We need to trust him extensively this morning. And fourthly, we need, must trust him expectantly. 
and all your ways acknowledge him, he will make your paths straight. Now the word of God, a straight path, was uh, indicative of, of being on a good path. On, on a, following a path that would take you where you need to go. Psalm 32 verse 8 says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. Isaiah 48, 17, I am the Lord your God who teaches you what is best for you, who directs you in the way you should go. Isaiah 30, 21 says, whether you turn to the right or the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. When's the last time you were directed by God to where you knew God is speaking to me. I don't mean you heard an audible voice. If you did, God bless you. He can speak any way he wants. I've never heard his audible voice. But I've had times where I've known this is, you know, this, this isn't what I had for dinner last night. You know, this, this is the voice of God speaking to me. Well, he hadn't spoken to me lately. Oh, he's speaking. The question is, are we hearing? God will direct you. Well, I want to buy this house. Be a nice house for me. Well, maybe. What does God say about it? God knows the state of what your finances are going to be ahead when you don't. I want to make this decision. I want to take this job. I want to move to this city. I want our kids in this school. All those are decisions. What does God say about it? He will make your pastor. He will make it clear what you should do. You can trust him to do that. There was an article a few years back in Christianity Today about uh, General, uh, General George Patton. He uh, was given a crucial assignment leading troops in the invasion of Europe. And he had played a decisive role in the battle for Africa, uh, but he was kind of cooling his heels. He was on suspension because he had a fiery temper and he slapped a soldier. That's not a good thing to do, okay? So he was kind of on the shelf for a while, and um, General Omar Bradley tells him that he's be, being considered for this great assignment. But he said it's in the hands of General George Marshall. And uh, when Patton heard that it was General Marshall who would decide whether or not he could get back into action, he said... And he, he was itching, you know, he was a man of action. He was itch, itching to get back into action. But when he heard it was General uh, Marshall who would decide, he said, I'm okay with that. He's a fair man, I'll let it sit with him. Uh, because he knew uh, the character of General Marshall. You know, that should be our attitude toward Almighty God. I can trust in God. I'll, I'll let him make the decision. I'll let things sit with him, and I know it's going to turn out for my good. You know, we question sometimes, and, and I, I'm with you on that. I understand. We question why God allows certain things into our lives. My wife and I have questioned why uh, she had to have a flesh-eating bacteria in her foot, almost lost her life, her leg, or even her foot go through this period, almost four months of rehabilitation. We've questioned that. Why? We don't understand. That's a human reaction. But I'll tell you this. When we get right down to it, he always wants our good. 
He always wants what's best for us. And we can trust him expectantly, knowing that he will bring all things to our good. That's, that's what Romans 8, 28 really means. In all things, a proper translation. King James says all things work together, but that's, that's not completely accurate. A, a, a modern translation says in all things God works for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Do we believe that, church? Francis, he had to undergo your, your heart surgery. That was tough. But in the midst of that, God was working for your good. You're going through a financial struggle. It's tough. We don't understand. But God's working for your good. God's working for your benefit. God's working uh, for, 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 to bless you. We don't understand his ways sometimes. He says in scripture, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. We don't understand them because he's God and we're not. But he's working for our good. And we can trust him expectantly, saying, God, I don't understand what's going on. I don't understand why you've allowed this. But Lord, I trust you and I know you're going to bring me out good on the other side. Job said, though God slay me, yet will I trust him. And the word of God says the end of Job was better than the beginning. Why? Because God works for our good. Because we can expect him to bring us out on the other side of our trial because he's a faithful God. Amen? Amen. Trust in the Lord. What are you going through? Trust in the Lord. What's happening in your life? Trust in the Lord. What difficulty are you facing? Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. What's involved in trusting in him? We need to trust him entirely with our whole heart. God, I'm going to trust you with my entire being. We must trust him exclusively. God, I can't lean on my own understanding, my own thoughts, what I see, what my senses tell me, what I perceive. Lord, I'm going to trust your word over what my senses tell me. I'm going to trust exclusively in you or what other people tell me. I didn't even talk about that. We love talking to the experts sometimes. How many know the experts can be wrong? Somebody said amateurs built the ark, but the experts built the Titanic. You judge the results. We need to trust in him exclusively. Thirdly, we must trust in him extensively in every area of our lives. Down to the smallest detail, we can trust him. Because he's a God of the details. Amen. And fourthly, we can trust him expectantly, knowing that he's going to work all things out to our good. Knowing that no matter how difficult the path, how much of a struggle there is, he is going to bring us out on the other side because he will deliver us to our destiny if we only trust in him. In the midst of, of chaos and craziness and evil, as I preached about last Sunday, and, 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 and just so much anxiety-inducing uh, uh, events in our world and in our lives, the Word of God comes clearly through that fog and says, trust in the Lord. What are you going through today? You who are here in the sanctuary, you watching online, that... that could cause you to lose hope. I implore you, I urge you to hear the word of the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. 